And so I want to talk to you today in the next day and next several weeks. The subject is going to be reseeding yourself or a seed that transforms a life. Whether we like it or not, we are byproducts of what we have been allowing to come into our life. And if I could tell anybody one great secret is that you get seed and then have enough guts, gumption, and commitment to sow it. People are great seed absorbers. They take all the energy out of life, but never put faith to reproduce it. Yeah, and, and if you find yourself in that place, don't stay there, because ultimately you will die on the vine. So we're going to be talking about seeds of transformation, seeds that can change your life. I meet people all the time fed up with Christianity, fed up with what they're getting, fed up because this is not happening, fed up because that's not happening. It's really not God's fault. And don't get mad at me uh, because I said it's not his fault, but we are the culprits of our own failure. And as we hear, we simply do that here. We never mix faith with the proclamations of life. As if a cloak of blindness has taken us. As, you know, I was watching a show yesterday, uh, uh, water monsters or river monsters, and they discovered these great big whales that can't even see because they live so dark and so deep in the sea. And I think of Christians like that, that they have invited darkness to blind them. At least they would see his marvelous light and be saved. Now, I'm not condemning you, but I hope that I'm making you angry enough that you'll say, I don't want to live in the dark. I don't want to live in the dark. I don't want to be the status quo. I don't want to be the same old, same old guy that I was five years ago. I don't want to be the same guy I was last week. You know, I want to put off the old man. I don't want to let him advance and retake ground that God has freed me from. But so many times, lackadaisicalness. Neglect, no cause offense. In other words, you're just mad because you want to be mad. And you're just as ugly as you are mad. Because you see no beauty in God nor in man. And you certainly cannot see any beauty in yourself. See, a man must love himself before he can love others. And if you're mad at other people, that tells me that you just don't like yourself. Now, I don't know what you got to do about that. Get liposuction, get a tummy tuck, get uh, eye impressions, uh, you know, what, whatever you can afford, get done. Make yourself happy. Because if you don't like yourself, you're just going to be a problem to what God is going to do in your life. I, I mean that. And not derogatorily, but I'm telling you, I've been there and done that. And it's not even worth dwelling there. But if you want to be miserable, oh, bless the Lord, God will let you be miserable. But I want to live life. And the Bible says that we have joy unspeakable. I just heard a thousand questions and answers say, where is mine? It's buried beneath all of that rubble that you've allowed to build up in your life. So I'm going to talk to you about seed. And let's go to uh, Mark, the fourth chapter. Mark, the fourth chapter, and I know that, oh, I've heard this a thousand times. Well, today we're going to believe you're going to hear it the right way. And that you're going to transform your life because Jesus gives us the essence of eternal life as well as not in eternity, but as well as in today. And listen to me, I am not trying 
to deceive you, to tell you that eternal life is not for today. It is for today. God is not a liar. If anybody is a liar, it is found in the devil and those that have sided with him. God is not a liar. But when you take that attitude that God doesn't or will not or is not capable or is not excited or is not willing to perform what he said, then you make God the liar. That is, that is a dangerous place to be, to lay, what would you call it, a, a charge or a case against God being a liar. And if he is a liar, I would encourage you, stop Christianity and find something else to do. Because if he cannot make life today, he will not give you life in the end. Mark the fourth chapter. I am trying to encourage you today. And uh, so it says, let's look at verse 20. Uh, gosh, where are we? Let's look at verse 14. Mark 4, 14. And the sower soweth the word. Now, anybody that has a word, which is a seed, could I have Isaiah 50? Five and verse 8 up on the screen. If anybody has a seed, then he has a choice to sow it. And if he has a choice to sow it, then he has the choice to see a harvest. A seed that is not sown is simply a life without increase. Is your life devoid of increase? If it is, this is for you today. If it is, this will revolutionize and change your life. Without sowing the seed, you will never be productive in the kingdom of God. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, are, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh bring forth, bring forth and bud. Now notice that it doesn't matter how barren your life is. What it means is that God gives you something to bring life out of death's rule. The word is the only thing that can do it. And then it says this, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And so shall my word now, remember what the word is now. It gives seed. That he that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. But it may, hopefully, when everything is right, the devil is sleeping, and the economy is good, and everything is well, it will accomplish that which I please. May we all pray that things turn out right. New Christian translation. But in actuality, he said, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sin it. For ye shall go out with joy, be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, because of the seed, instead of a thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Anybody catch that phrase, those words? 
That is the proclamation that the Word of God put in a man's mouth sown will reverse the curse. And it says, It shall come up myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What a marvelous, marvelous thing that God has given us a seed. A seed. Somebody say a seed. And when he gives you a seed, he has given you a harvest. Every seed has a harvest. If you choose not to sow the seed, then certainly you miss your harvest. But that is up to you. It's not up to the faithful father that you serve. So God will give you a seed. You will see that seed, and you will understand that that seed has one purpose, to produce what God released it for your life to produce. Now, it goes into uh, verse 15, and they are they that by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. The word heart means mind, soul. And it says, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So endure, but for a time, and afterward, when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, or the word offend means to forsake their faith. Christians are very easily overthrown, and we are commanded to set aside the sin that does so easily, 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 easily beset us. And then it says, and these are they that are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. It seemed like everything in life is against what God has given you seed to produce. And then it says this, and these are they, which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bringeth forth fruit, some thirtyfold, sixty, and some an hundredfold. Now notice that the individual is the one that brings forth the increase. Now the Bible says that these are sown, some on good ground and some up on stony ground. Looked up that word stony ground, it simply means barren doesn't mean that it's not ground, but what it means is that it's dirt without life. Dirt without life. That is a reflection of many Christians today. They were born out of the dust of the earth, but they're just dirt without life because they don't want it. They think that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Somebody needs to shake you, kick you, burn your bed, or wake you up. It ain't going to happen until there is a seed sown. I have no idea where people get the idea that God is Zeus and that whatever God wants to do, he will do. That's mythology. That is not faith. So the Bible tells us that we can produce and we can transform our dirt lives into good soil. Jesus did that one time when the uh, owner of the husbandman came along and he said, why is this tree cumbering the ground? It's not producing any fruit. Cut it down. But the man said, wait a second, give me one year, let me dig around it. Let me reignite this soil with life. And if it comes back next year, 
and it still is fruitless, then let us cut it down. There are so many reflections of Christianity in that one little parable. How fruitful have you been? Well, well I, I haven't been. I've been staying home. I pray God, hallelujah, once every other day. Or, or what are you? You're fruitless. Examine yourself. You get one chance to go around in life. You better make it good. There are no repeats. You don't get to come back as a crab, a roach, or a bug. There is no reincarnation. There is one chance. And after that, they're appointed to die. And after that, the judgment. I'm not trying to be hard on you, but folks, sometimes you just got to wake up because it's time to get on the school bus. Amen. <clears throat> so we as Christians have been given the seed of God. And when we have fields or lives of barrenness, we don't get disappointed, just get discouraged and downcast and all that. That's how most people respond. But you're not most people. You are the people of God. You are the children of God. You are born of a seed of love. And you can rise up and you can be what God wants you to be. But you can also be what the devil tries to convince you to be. But I want to be what God wants me to be. Amen? So God gives us seed. And all of us realize that we were lost. Now, how are we born again? By incorruptible seed. We hear the word of God. We hear the seed of God. And it may fall up on stony ground or a dirt life that had no faith, had no desire to be anything other than a sinner. But when that seed touches that soil and a man begins to dig into his life and allow God to ignite the death that he once lived in into life, then he will begin to grow in Christ Jesus. But see, you and I are born of seed. Could I get an amen? amen. We are born of the seed of God. 1 Peter 1, 19 down through 21. We are born of incorruptible seed. Now, what did incorruptible seed do? Did it leave you bound? Did it leave you bound? Did it leave you a sinner? Did it leave you dead? Did it leave you broke? Did it leave you uh, incarcerated to bondages of the mind and of the flesh? No. What transformed your life from death to, from death to life? What caused you to go from the enemy of God to a child of God? Somebody say, one seed. So now all of a sudden we're so smart we don't have to use that principle anymore. You have to realize that sowing a seed is the faith connection to the kingdom. That's why a seed unsown is simply a life without increase. But you and I were born of seed. And it reversed death in us and brought life to us. Anybody remember when God created heaven and earth? I wasn't there, but I read the story. And God says, let the earth bring forth herbs. And let the herbs, when produced, and fruit, produce seed within itself. You think when God said, let the trees bring forth. You think that every tree in the world was planted? Or do you think it started in Eden and Adam had to tend it? Adam had to tend it. Remember, the whole kingdom of God is like a man sowing a seed. The whole kingdom of God. In Mark 4, 26, 
It's that you have to sow the seed for the kingdom to expand in your life. And if you don't sow the seed, then you live in the place that you have chose to live. Oh, but I, I got to work harder. No, you don't have to work hard. That was under the curse. What you need to do is to sow seeds. So God says, let the waters bring forth fish. Let the waters bring forth fish. Bring forth. Does that mean an immediate word? Or is that a progressive state of expansion? It is a progressive state of expansion. And when fish begin, they begin to multiply like Adam and Eve did by seed. That's the same thing that happens in your life. And when God was faced with chaos and destruction, with barrenness of the world, no life left in it, what did God do? He went to Walmart and bought seed. What did he do? He spoke or sowed a word to bring forth that which he desired. You know, there's nothing in creation that God did not exclusively, exclusively choose to happen. How did it happen? By words, by seeds. So, we have been given seed, but we have to sow it. Now, here's what happens when people get saved. Life springs forth. They're so happy, man, you can't keep them shut up. I mean, they talk in their sleep about Jesus. You know, they want to tell everybody about Jesus. You know, you can't keep, you know, two years later, you can't get them to open their mouth if a man is dying without Jesus on the road, run over by a semi. You want to whisper it in his ear. No. But what happens is living ground, earth, turns to dirt without life. How does that happen? I mean, I, I really want to know how Christians strip their self of life. That seed will not grow in them anymore. And so I just started thinking, what defiles good soil? Number one is disobedience. Number one is disobedience. James 1.22, be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Now this is self-promoted, self-activated destruction. Because when you're told to do something, you just won't do it. It's called disobedience in kind words. It's called rebellion, like witchcraft in the reality of it all. So when you know to do something and you don't do it, you just act like the son or daughter of a witch. And you and I both know that they have no eternal life in them. Now you can paint disobedience any color you want, but in the core of it, is death. When the Bible says, don't be offended, how dare you have the right to be offended, especially at me today, or anybody else? How dare you tell God, you don't have a right to tell me how to act. But there are hundreds in here today, and I mean hundreds, that have been disobedient, whether God told them to do something, told them to sow a seed, told them to care for something, or told them uh, not to be offended, or told somebody, don't be angry. Lord, man, I'm telling you, wouldn't that be a miracle? I mean, people walk around with a, a lumber company on their shoulder waiting for you to say something. Well, you just made me mad. How? 
How did I make you mad? Well, you told me the truth. I just hate that. Well, be gone with your bad self. I don't know what to tell you. What, what, pray tell. Please, pray tell. What do you want to hear when you come to church? You missed all kinds of churches that are going to flower your puff up and down the road. And you've been here 30 seconds in this service, you know, I ain't one of them. But see, we want people to do what we want them to do because in this age that we're living in is an age of tickling ears where we will heap teachers to ourselves that will tell us what we want to hear. This is not a time to be told what we want to hear. This is a time to prepare for the coming of the Lord. First thing is just disobedience. Then walking by sight and not by faith. Walking by sight and not by faith. Walking by sight, not by faith. And we had time to take you to Romans 8, 3, down through 9, that says, any man that walks by the senses is carnally minded. In other words, he's dominated by the evidence that he sees instead of dominated by the God that has saved him and redeemed him. You know, we believe what we see. We believe what we read on internet. You ought to have a stupid path to get on the internet and, and believe anything you find. I mean that. People say, well, I searched the internet and this is what I believe. Did you ever read the Bible? No, didn't have time. I just told you I'm on the web. How about reading the Bible? We believe what we see. Well, you know, I prayed and I didn't get it. Who told you that? Well, you can see. So your eyes told you that God didn't answer your prayer. Well, well yeah, I mean... You can see it, can't you? No, I, I don't see it. I see a disillusioned individual being governed by his senses. This is horrible. We believe what we hear. Boy, did you hear that on the news the other day? You, you do not believe that stuff, do you? But do you believe those people? Well, you, you know, it, it, CNN has got to be true. Well, Fox Network, they're, they're without partiality. What world have you been living in? Get out of the eggshell. They all have an agenda. So we believe what we hear. You can't believe what you hear. How about believing what God has said? Amen. Well, you know, uh, I feel what, I believe what I feel. That'll get you a wreck in about an hour. Feel, I woke up this morning, didn't feel love. I seen Phyllis and I thought, Lord Jesus, no wonder I don't feel love. Then she got purdied up, and then I said, oh, yeah, I feel love. Then somebody said something nice to me, and whoop, there went my love level right up. My confidence soared. And I went to the next person, shake their hand, said, how's it doing? Well, the devil's running rampant. My wife left me. My kids uh, uh, hate me. My dog got ran over and everything else. Pastor, I was wondering if the church can help you. I said, yeah, I got a woman over here. It just happened to her and her husband. I'm going to connect you together. Are you kidding me? 
You can't go by what you feel. And if I asked you, did you feel God when you woke up today? Was little crystal things falling into your eyes and you're looking through the prism of glory? Absolutely not. The dog was licking your face. Then you got up and said, Rover, get off the bed. And you seen the great big peace body left that night. Said, get back in bed, Rover. Look, you can't go by what you feel. Amen? And how about, well, I was thinking. You were. We are told to have our minds renewed. See, your eyes, your ears, and your mind, and your senses are all seed receivers. And what somebody says to you is really seed. It's a thought expressed in a word. And when you receive it, if it's not good seed, then what will happen is it will make its way in time down to your seed sower, which is your mouth. And then you're going to sow, you're going to say what you thought. And that's a terrible thing. You need to say what God is saying about you, not what you're thinking about yourself. Amen? All right. Another one. The lazy mind. Some of us only use our mind to breathe. But the Bible says that we are to think on these things. Why would the Bible tell you what to think on? Because it's dangerous to think out of the realm of life and redemption. It's dangerous to start thinking that need has been neglected by God when you should be thinking about things that are true. God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. See, your thoughts have been defined by God, and that's where you are to stay. And if you get out of that, you get into the realm where man and the devil can sow seed into your life. Now, I don't know what you want your seed hopper filled with, but it ought to be with God. Because when it comes time to sow, you're going to sow what is in the hopper. So be careful what you put in your mind. Be careful what you allow on your television. Be careful what you hear and call entertainment. Another thing that causes life-giving earth to turn to just lifeless dirt is attitude. Well, I don't have an attitude. Okay. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Don't repeat the problem. Don't sow it into somebody else. I don't want people sowing in me hopelessness. I, I don't need it. I need hope. I need faith. I need uplifting. I need from a brother to give me something that I need, not something that will subtract from my provision. Amen. You wonder why people ditch you in the supermarket? It's because you live in bad news aisle. The only time you talk is when you complain. The only time you talk is when you're spreading a rumor. Every time you talk, if I listen to Christians, I would leave this church myself. 
There's no presence of the Lord, no life in the dirt. Uh, there is no love, no life in the dirt. There are a million reasons that you can find not to come to church. But your church didn't cause them all. But you have remembered, brought up, and invented them all. It's the truth. I went through seven splits the first year that I was saved. None of them phased me. Well, didn't, didn't you wonder what was wrong with the pastor? No, I wonder what was wrong with the people. What, what, what didn't, what, was it going to change carpet? No. I don't know if we had carpet. Uh, what, what was going on? Don't know, never cared. I just knew that this was my church. I had one church the first 33 years of my Christianity and had one pastor. Never sought another one. Wasn't anything wrong with the building. Wasn't anything wrong with the pew. Wasn't anything wrong with the air condition. Wasn't anything wrong with his preaching. It was all those people that had lost the life of earth. And they just become dirt balls. No, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Retract that. Take that out of the eons or whatever you call. They were just people without life in their dirt. Why do we live to complain? Did you get saved so you could have more people to complain to? So you could have more subjects to talk about? No, I got saved to get freed from that old man. And I just refuse to grieve the Holy Ghost by talking corruptible language corruptible language so attitude this goes into stop murmuring stop complaining about God stop being emotionally stirred about nothing stop, you remember when we changed the stage oh yes it's still in my mind it, Go to the dog store and get it washed. Will you please? It's done. I'm not going back. But I thought it was so beautiful. Well, I did too, but my word, it was 10 years old. Phyllis changes her hair color more often than we change our stage. But people got offended at a paint black over cream how thankful the devil must have been when he gave the idea to start Sherwin Williams <laughs> when the body of Christ gets upset because of tan to black Oh, well, well, well I don't know if God like oh he did his best work in the dark light be don't tell me God don't like black. You think God likes black, Rick? Well, number one, you aren't black. You told me you're... Yeah, there you go. Paper bag brown. <clears throat> Whatever that means. Must be a cultural thing. But why, how, how easily we are offended at what people wear, what people say. Thank God when I got saved, I decided to be like Ronald Reagan, a Teflon pastor. You say whatever you want to say, God will fix it out. And you know what? I'm still going to be okay. Because I'm, I'm just not going to listen to what you say. Amen. It amazes me how anointed I am on Sunday morning when I preach what you want me to hear and how unanointed it is when I make a decision without you hearing. Yeah, hallelujah. 
Don't get emotionally stirred up. Well, that will grieve the Holy Ghost. Just, just don't do it. Remember, I'm telling you what is going to take life out of your dirt. Weariness. Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Now, it might be a good key that if you aren't doing anything, you ought to start doing something. Amen? Amen. Well, I don't see anything I can do. Then pray. Pray, 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 pray till you find something to do. Don't get weary. Get involved. Get a passion. Do you like anything other than just waiting to die? Wow, I, man, hallelujah. Because what happens is we end up being half-hearted. We end up being a place of thinking and feeling that nothing is valuable. You know how important you are when you come into a church service? I would encourage you all to act like long-haired chihuahuas <laughs> when you come to church. Hallelujah. Don't let evil become the norm of your life. Don't see everything evil because it's not evil. There are so many good things. When you shake the hand of somebody, say, thank God, God's working on them. Yeah, we're all under construction. So we want to make sure that we don't just see, hear, and get involved in doing evil. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps rising up. In other words, don't let discouragement get you down. There is hope for other people just like there's hope for you. Why does dirt lose its life? Because you lose your faith. You lose your fear of the Lord. And you begin to establish what's right and wrong. So we want to make sure that we put the right seed in. Could I get an amen? amen? Put the right seed in. Well, what is the right seed? I just told you. Here, God gave this to us to fill our seed hoppers. And as we put that seed in, that seed should come out. A man will speak with the abundance of his heart. If you're losing control of the seeds that are coming out of your mouth, get a hold of it, dump the hopper, and start over. And start putting in good things. Start putting in things of life. Start putting in things of joy. Start putting in things of encouragement. Folks, you are better than just being the devil's dump ground of useless seed. Let's wake up. Let's judge what we're saying. If you don't like what you have in your life, put a different seed in the hopper. Fill it with something different. But if, if, if you want something different, you got to plant different seed. Amen? And so put different seeds in your heart. You know, I think I am the most loved guy in the kingdom. I really do. I think God just loves me so much, he's fallen all over himself to bless me. I think he stays awake at night watching me. I think he has plans and purposes that nobody else has ever heard. Now you say, oh, you're arrogant. I might be, but I might be persuaded. And I really do think that God loves me. And no matter what happens, I'm not letting anything separate me from that love. And I'm going to fill my hopper up with God's seed for my future. You know how great wheat fields are sown? One seed at a time. You might not get it like, oh, well, we're just changing tomorrow. 
You change your seed, and you start it one seed at a time. And pretty soon, when you look back, about 90 days later, you're going to see a wheat field that has grown up, that has begun to get head on it, and you're going to have a harvest. But if you keep sowing what you are sowing, please listen to me. Stop destroying your life. Stop making your earth useless dirt. Open up yourself to increase the life content of your dirt so that you can begin to hear God in a positive way. What do you want? God has met every one of your needs. Not a question. You say, yeah, but I have, no, no, no. What God has given you is a seed. And in that seed, your need has been met. But if you do not sow that seed, you will always struggle with need. What do you want? Start sowing what God has said. And as you do, you can change a barren land into an oasis. But it's entirely up to you. Entirely up to you. Hallelujah. You're not too old to start. Now, if you're bald, I would encourage you not to start with God. Give me a good head of hair. I would start believing God for money to buy a wig. Now, start out saying, God has given a seed. This is the way of the kingdom. This is the kingdom way. This is the Jesus way. It is a life way. It is a faith way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The latter end of God is always greater than the former. Always. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's raise our hands up towards heaven. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we are barren destroyers. We are seed sowers. God, we give life where it looks like death will reign. Father, we break the power of death and cause life to come forth. God, we unveil the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you that, God, we give ourselves over to you that you will fill our seed receptors. That, God, no matter what comes our way, we will sow a seed. And we let the process go, we will see the kingdom come to pass. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. If you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I've been there. So has everybody else that's ever given their life to Christ. And he is here, and he is the Son of God that was sown for you, for your sins. And he hung on a cross called Calvary. Now, I know that probably everybody in here knows what Calvary is, whether you've got it from your neck, your ear, in your car. You know that it was a place where Jesus was crucified. Not for his own sins, but for your sins. 
God so loved you, that's what he was willing to give. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. God doesn't expect you to be something on your own. All he asks is that you believe on him whom he sent. And he that believeth on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And God is here not just for the righteous, but he is here for those of you that are seeking peace. The only way to find peace is to turn from your sins and put your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you call out. Whosoever will, let him come. And if you will believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. God will deny no sinner, nor will he deny anything of his children. Now, Father, we ask you to speak to every heart, to the backslider, God, to those that have never known Christ. We ask you, God, to speak to them in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless every family. Bless, oh, Jesus. I see promotions. I see advancements coming right now upon people's lives. I see increase coming. I see it breaking forth upon you right now. Don't doubt it. I'm just telling you that God is breaking forth increase. God is breaking forth promotion. God is moving barriers. God is changing hearts, moving people so that his people may be promoted and set in the right place, saith the Lord of hosts. So I would say unto you, my people, be encouraged, be encouraged. Lift up your eyes for your redemption does not come from the earth, but cometh from me, saith the Lord of hosts. Be strong, be courageous, dare to believe that I am who that I am, and I am for your good, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen and amen. God bless you.